And I'm Carrie. And this is Warhammer 40k Book Club, where we read from a crag. This is episode number 89, and our book is Harrowmaster by Mike Brooks. It tells the story of Solomon Akura and his Shakespearean in magnitude rise to power within the Alpha Legion. We posted several questions on our website, wh40kbookclub.com, and we encourage participation in our conversations via YouTube, our site, or Encrypted Box channel. Spoiler warning, if you have not yet read this book, definitely check it out before listening to this episode, as we'll be discussing the book from start to finish in great detail. With that, let's dive in. As always, Carrie, did you like the book? No. I... So go down this little thought experiment with me, if no. you will. Do. Um, <laughs> if I look at this book as a work of nonfiction, and I don't mean like this is true events. This is not Ken Burns' Alpha Legion. Um, <clears throat> but if I look at it as more of like a thesis statement or like a thought experiment on the Alpha Legion, I find it interesting. Um you know like that a I thesis have very... statement as in like where the Alpha Legion is in present time? Yeah, like I almost feel like the entirety of part one was kind of, I felt as though I was having a conversation with Mike Brooks. And that made it somewhat interesting because all of the thoughts that I've ever had about, and I'm going to talk a little bit more about, one of the reasons I like Mike Brooks is that I feel as though he's a true fan of the 40k universe and I oh yeah he's a writer for the 40k yeah I know but I like the number of references he makes to other works and he's clearly somewhat steeped in the meme culture hmm. so and the just the fandom of the Alpha Legion so I kind of felt like I was having a conversation with him with like all of these ideas that I had had in my head or like you know things that I've seen online like good bad and different um really get addressed and laid out in part one so for that i was like as far as this goes like this is actually very interesting part two and three kind of lost me a little bit see my thing with part one i felt like that was too much of a lean into like modern day discourse where i just felt like it was just like eh 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 did you catch that reference did you catch that reference we made with alpha leech and everyone talks about yeah, dude, you just you smacked us over the head with it about, like, how she killed her husband. So, um... Wait. Did she kill her husband? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I mean, yeah, it's not to say that like there was, like, some really interesting um, insights into, I guess, from... I say it's in interesting insights, but it's more of... If okay, I guess we could say if we're going to say this was like a conversation with Mike Brooks, I guess we could say that perhaps Solomon is a right is a stand-in for Mike Brooks. Like this is his introspection into where the Alpha Legion is today, because mm -hmm. he mm -hmm. has not been with the Alpha Legion since day one. He said he's only you know been around for you know a few hundred years, and so while it is interesting and in that you know one part that I that I found really insightful was about how he was talking about how the Alpha Legion's history is all rumors. Like, yes. maybe Alpharius is dead, maybe Omegan is dead, maybe they actually warred against each other, they didn't believe their own uh, where they were going with one another. Mm -hmm. 
maybe they really are. Maybe they're both separated somewhere. Maybe one is actually working in the shadows. You know, like, who, who knows? It is all rumors. And so that's why they're so fragmented. And I'm like, okay, I understand that. I totally get that, you know, and if, and if the Primarchs really are gone or they are doing things, things in hiding, which from some of the books that, or the short stories, like I should, should say that I've read in the Horus Heresy, went ahead and drink everybody, I said Horus Heresy, the Horus Heresy, it is very possible that Alpharius and Megan, one of them still alive, if not both, and they're off with a core group of trusted legionnaires. Because there is a whole short story, which I read it three times. I still don't understand why they killed half their people in this one plant. I still don't get it. And I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm entirely meant to either. Because it's kind of the point of it. Um, and so with that, I can see where the Legion would be completely fractured. Plus, you also have like, you know, that one meme of like, you know, bruh, I forgot which side I was on. totally happening um Mm -hmm. so like with that insight okay yes okay if i take that into account then that makes sense why the alpha legion is so fractured and so kind of disparate but at the same time isn't that why most of the legions are so disparate like because they don't have their primarchs anymore they feel like things have lost their way they've lost all the history we got new people and there was there's one thing that we really saw in um uh, lords of silence was that you had the old guard who had been there since the heresy who was going to follow Mortarion to the end of days because they were with him on Barbarus. And you had these newcomers who are just like, why the, why the fuck are we listening to any of these people? Like, we should just go out there and just do our own thing. So I think that was actually my favorite revelation from this book or, or discussion. I shouldn't say revelation, but more discussion. And this was the part where I was like, oh, this kind of is a, tr- a thesis statement here. Is that so, especially within the fandom, but in some of the stories that we've read too, it's always kind of presented that the Alpha Legion has their shit together still. Um, you know, the, the world eaters and the emperor's children and a bunch of these other legions have all just kind of like, like certainly the Night Lords, right? Now everybody else can take their second shot. I mentioned the Night Lords. Um, like, certainly the Night Lords and definitely my petulant man children mm-hmm. the iron warriors right like it's always kind of been viewed that yeah but <laughs> the alpha legion is still united they still have a plan and one of the things that really hit me really hard and i could just like hug <laughs> mike bricks for saying this is um where he talks about how he's like yeah the rest of the traitor legions they went off into the warp to lick their wounds and they haven't really done anything and it's just this disparate group of little war bands that don't aren't united but not like the alpha legion and then he's like but we've been in real space we're all operating differently and uh, we haven't done shit in 10,000 years and look death by a thousand cuts is 100% a thing Mm -hmm. Uh, and we're kind of seeing that with the Imperium and this book pretty much ends with great another little fire that Bob's gonna have to go and put out right but like I but, did like but not that he really? that out. Um, that one's, we'll get there in a second. Um, but I did like, as you said, that they are disparate. You have all of these, and sometimes it was played for laughs and it was very effective. Like when the, when the uh, faceless 
when he's like, I am Altharius. And everybody's like, no, you're not! To be fair, do you even know? Uh, but I did like the idea that, yeah, they have some people who are definitely leaning more towards the Cornites, and they have some people who are a little friendly with the Nurgling, Nurgle people, and, like, they have all these different mm -hmm. things. And even the guys who are doing just the subterfuge... Like, how many times have they, like, tripped over each other and they're not even all unified other than, like, one common goal of mess, de death to the Imperium and mess with the Imperium? But guess what? That's what all the traitor legions are basically doing. Like, I liked the idea where he basically calls out, you know, we're really not that different than the other traitor legions. We don't even know where our Primarch is either. Maybe he's dead. Maybe he's not. Yeah, maybe they're, maybe they're dead. Maybe they're not. Maybe... Like, nobody's seen the Alpha and the Beta, but that doesn't mean anything. It's a big universe. So well, I that, really. I and if like you read, that. like, um, so, like, I, so the one thing I also enjoyed was that he mentioned the Unsung, which was, you know, from Shroud of Night. And he also mentioned the Sons of Hydra, which was another book by, by Rob Sanders. And the funny thing about Sons of Hydra was that they were actually. Um, that war band was actually they were still under the belief that everything Alpharius did was for the Emperor. So they were kind of going in that direction. So that's, you know, always very interesting. And the unsung, they just wanted to get off the damn planet. They just wanted to get off that planet. <laughs> they wanted to get I off the planet like... they were on. They wanted to get off the planet that the Emperor's children dumped them on. They just wanted to leave. Like They just wanted to go. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do like I did like in this book in particular they had that one war band where they were like, Oh yeah, they're actually loyalists and he's like oh. Are they loyalists or do they just like to pretend that they're super sad? That they like just pretend that they're loyalists? Like, is it is it that they're truly loyalists or do they just kind of like the tragedy of pretending like, oh, I can't believe we're doing this? Well, I guess the other thing I did like, again, it was, it was in the part one, is when Solomon talked about how it's like, you know, this is what happens when our legion is built on lies. Like one hundred percent, you guys can't trust one another. Oh, none of them trust one another. None of them believe one another. None and of them know which way is up or down. Honestly, and that one short story I read from the Horus Heresy, but Alpharius deciding, you know what? Those MFers are going to have to go. Okay, mm -hmm. uh, it's kind of hard to trust anybody when you have your own legion working against you as well. You know, and Alpharius and Omega even talked about how they each had their own little secrets within secrets so it you know at least so it, i mean you know they're obviously they're they're set up to be a polar opposite polar opposite and yet an equal to the dark angels with this whole whole idea of secrets upon secrets but at least with the dark angels they're not out to kill one another over right. stuff you know they they well, eventually bring them into the of secrets says what's up well, that was Primaris. It's a little different. They, Too soon, Terry. <laughs> they, at least they have the goal of eventually bringing them into that inner circle to kind of telling them about right. the Fallen, whereas the, the Alpha Legion's is like, maybe there's Fallen. Maybe there's not. We'll tell you this. We'll tell you this other thing. You know, it's, it's like the whole thing from uh, Alice in Wonderland. You know, one of us always tells the truth and one of us always lies. You never know who's doing what. Yeah, well, and I did like, so yes, on some hands, it was a little heavy handed 
that they're like they're just like the Inquisition. Um, oh, you think? But, but despite that, I <laughs> did like that whole like yeah, just as like we weep because of all the information and the history that the Inquisition has gotten rid of, and he basically says the same thing. He's like, yeah, we've forgotten so much. We have lost so much we've left so much it's one of the things that i've always said about like the ultramarines right like you can see how with some of these loyalist legions you can see how just over the years you got a guy in charge who like no no no. i i don't think we should dictate we should deviate from the codex right and then his his successor oh no we don't deviate from the codex and then his successor we follow it word for word Right, like you can see that evolution, and I feel like you can see that here with this band too. Of we don't, we we keep secrets. We don't tell anybody anything. We don't trust anybody. Oh yeah, no, we we're gonna take that to heart. And um, that was the part that I was like, yes, yes, all of this is all these things that I've thought about. Like, and again, some of it's fun, right? And he definitely had fun. Like I did love when Talava is like, don't even worry about this setback because the Imperium will waste decades trying to figure out what they miss. See, and that to me was a like, eh, eh, eh. That was like, okay, whatever. It kind of was there too, but then I also was like, you know what? It's, I mean, it is, there is a benefit to being these guys, right? Like there is a, a benefit to being renowned for being Xanatos Gambit guys. Um, but the problem is that when you're, when everything is part of the plan, is there a is there a plan? Again, as you said, the meme, bruh. I forgot what side I was on. I felt like this book was a lot of that was yeah, they don't they don't even really know. Well, no, they have they have no, no idea. Like you know, uh, so in a way, it's kind of funny. It's just like, oh, okay, so you know, because we even did this with like. Um, uh, the second dark uh, plague war when we find out that it was the Alpha Legion you know that killed everybody in that village for Frater Matthew and it's like okay the Alpha Legion's there you know when if they're there they're there for a reason were they you know that's that's yeah. one thing, that's one in this book kind of like has like maybe they weren't maybe they just happened to be there they were trying to get some resources you know um so, so the, I mean, I appreciate Mike Brooks bringing that to attention. It's like, you know, it's not all subterfuge all the time. But at the same time, I kind of don't like that he took that away from them. I I do and I don't. Because I do like the idea that, yeah, you're not going to... With the absence of your Primarchs, you're not going to keep everyone on board, right? And they're sort of laissez-faire. Well, no. No, but... I like the idea of these different war bands because I always knew that there were different war bands and it's because they're all like that. But I like the idea of these different war bands of the Alpha Legion all doing what they believed, what the Primarchs wanted them to do. And I kind of like that whole thing so that they did have plans, but yet there were some who were like, no, we decided we want to be Cornites or, you know, we're going to go this way. We're going to go that way. We're going to kind of deviate from what our Primarch wanted, which was, to maybe use the warp, but not be part of it. Um, 
But I also like the idea that, yes, they might have these war bands that maybe don't have a plan, but at the same time, I kind of like the idea that they were all doing their, they were all doing what they believed that the Primarch wanted them to do, so they had that kind of a plan. Right. I liked, I liked, I liked the idea that there were some that had kind of fallen from it. Uh, one of my favorite observations in this book, by the way, like the little side-off observations that you made me think of, was... Um, when he's talking about how uh, that one legionnaire is just like, well, this is why the changer is the best one to follow. And he's like, oh, God. But then yeah. he's thinking about it and he's like, well, to be fair, um, at least the changer's minions won't kill you in like a frenzy, right? right. Because they're bored. Uh, they won't spread a disease that accidentally kills your entire war band. Uh, and, you know, like the Slanesh guys go without saying you can't trust them for anything. Um, I liked the idea that when faced of the four chaos gods, for these guys at least, the changer's probably the most preferable. But then he's like, but I've also seen people just melt into a pile right? of flesh. Yeah. Banged maws. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of laughed at that. I was like, well, you know, it's very, plus it was very easy to worship the changer ways when, like, no matter what happens, like, oh, it's all part of the plan. You always believe that you're God, right. that you're doing stuff like a, a part of the plan. He's like, like, but then, you know, like you said, <laughs> they suddenly develop all these mouths and. Oh my god. Well, and I did, you know, there were so many little things in here, though, that didn't pay off. I guess I would say. Um, like, little things that I was like, oh, go go into that. Like, when he talks about in the beginning, remember, how does he how does he bring all the war bands together? He says, we will never outlie the Imperium. The Imperium, like, right. they are all much better liars than we are. Um, so what we need to do is the truth. Well, that never really comes to fruition, right? And one of the other things I was thinking so, about, I mean, we were talking about it's even there on the back. It even talks about how, but Solomon is armed with a weapon. The Imperium can't ignore the truth. What truth was he doing? I was expecting right. him to bring all these people. Like, he's like, we all got to talk because shit, like a loyalist Primarch is back. And that could be bad for all of us. I thought there was going to be some big grand plan to go in there, you know, and arm themselves with the truth. Not go relic hunting like a freaking blood angel. Can we agree that as people, the Space Marines are oddly materialistic? I think the ones with the original legions are. Yeah, because, like, the Night Lords are, some of them are still looking for the crown, right? The Salamanders, the legend is that if they collect all of Vulcan's relics, he'll come back. Do I even need to address the Blood Angels? Nope. Um, like, all of the, the fact that Karn, one of the reasons that Karn was even considered ruling is because he had Gorechild, right? Like... They're in, and like when Robbie Bobby comes back and he's like, "Oh, I'm you're sitting in the chair." Like you know, it's just it's just a chair, guys. Um, they're oddly I, materialistic, maybe sentimental. Yeah, sentimental like, is probably a better way to put it. But I, I'm with you, and we'll get into that here in a second because there's. Uh, it, it was a magical MacGuffin that I was not expecting, but one of the things. So I really like. I can't even say it was a MacGuffin. We're going to talk more about that because um, I have so many thoughts to unpack on that. But 
one of the things that didn't get capitalized on that I thought was very interesting is that so he has this whole vampire hunter D thing going on, right? <laughs> Which because I'm a huge vampire hunter D fan, I was this was really important and I really liked this. Um, with his demon living in his hand, right? That he doesn't fully trust, but it does help him out a lot. When they first meet the rusts the um Rust Bloods. Zetas. When they first, I couldn't think of his name for a second. When they first meet him. Oh, the metal phage. <laughs> right. When they first meet him, Solomon is like, oh my God, the demon in my hand is actually scared of this guy. Mm-hmm. Why though? Yeah. Never. That was like a real, I was like, ooh, oh, oh, okay. I guess we're not going to talk about that again. Um, let's talk a little bit about Solomon, though, because we've talked a lot about the Alpha Legion in general, which, this, again, this book is full with so many things about the Alpha Legion. Um, what did you think of Solomon, like, as a leader, as a protagonist? Were you invested in his rise to power? No, I wasn't invested in his rise to power because it was so obvious from the very beginning that's what was going to happen. Yeah. I, um... I mean, of everybody there, yes, he's the best leader. He's definitely the most qualified leader out of out of everybody there did i see him like trying to bring the legion together no that was pretty i mean that's pretty admirable and he had some good ideas but at the same time he went back you know for someone who kept saying that you know we need to stop building our legion on lies because of the imperium they're already beating us at it he did plenty himself. Yeah, okay, so the Metal Phage, like, totally betrayed them and everything. But then he doubled down on it. And so it's like, okay, so did you mean any of that that you said earlier? Well, obviously you didn't because we never got to see whatever this truth was that you were going to go against the Imperium with. I think you were just trying to vie for power at this point. I think so, yes. And I... As you said, like, we knew he was going to end up being Harrow Master by the end. Um, I, like, other than being told, like, yes, he wants to unite the Legion. And you're right. That is, that's a big deal. Like, the fact that he's like, we need to come together. We need to stop all of this ticky-tack stuff that we've been doing. We need to come together with one united vision. That is a big deal. And that he could bring people together is a very big deal. Um but he had all these little things that I was like, does that necessarily make you a good leader? Like, so one of the things that I really struggled with was Talava. Um, I did not like Talava dying as a character. Um, and I didn't really like Solomon as a character. I was, however, invested in the fact that they had this friendship. Um, if you've listened to this podcast at all, you know that I have this, one of my themes that I really like is when we see strong friendships in this universe. And I think because it's so dark and terrible and human lives are very short, um, as much as I joke about giant soulless babies, I've always said that those two, like they've just developed like this bond, right? A, um, what's what I'm looking for it's a non-sexual bond it's just like they are two very good friends who have found each other and I think Solomon and Talava had that same thing and I do like to see that I like that it's like okay yeah this, this world is horrible and awful but you're still somewhat human and you still do mm -hmm. need companionship um again in a non-sexual manner um I didn't like either character but I was invested in their friendship but he 
allowed her to like they're going down in that drop pod and she's like oh we're just gonna bamf out of here that's not what i would call a good leader mm-hmm. like it co- oh, comes to his advantage right because everything she does is to his advantage because he's our main character in the xanatos gambit the legion um but like everything was like oh this is exactly this actually works out for me um there were just so many little things that i was like are you a good leader though like are you I don't know. I don't think so. And I don't mean that as just the fact that he allows anybody to just be like, yep, yoink, taking you. I think, but I think that speaks more to the fact how much he ultimately trusts her. Yeah. More than, more than, more than anything else. I mean, I kind of liked her just because she made me laugh every now and then. She's like, clean or dirty. That made me laugh every single time. I I had some really mixed feelings on her. Um But then again, now that always... I'm now that I'm thinking about it though, sorry to interrupt that no, you know, she um talking about the whole thing about the truth and lies and she summons that demon out of these out of their leg- their own legionnaires. It's like, dude, that wasn't cool. So you took that right out of my my mouth is basically where I was going with that next is that and he says, he kind of hand waves it away later where he's like, yeah, I mean, basically those guys were already starting to toy with the powers and she just capitalized on that. Um, but, like, I don't know. Like, You know, it made me think of actually um, one of my favorite lines in Die Hard is near the end where Holly Gennaro is talking to Alan Rickman she's like you know for all of your speeches you're nothing but a common thief and that's kind of what I thought here is you know for all your big speeches about truth and unity you're using people with lies like you always have yeah and you are like yeah the fact that she just kills all these people all these legionnaires and he's like good work I'm not saying that you have to be emotionally invested in all of your people. Um, but whatever um, happened to brotherhood? Right? right? You can't you can't see you want to reunite the reunite the legion and then not do brotherhood. See, this is why these war bands and for the traitor legions are never going to like topple the um sorry, the various chapters of the loyalist chapters because they actually still believe in brotherhood. And some authors use that to great effect, right? I did like that he was able to... The two characters in this book who I really liked were Halver and Vakai. Really liked both of those characters. Oh my god, Vakai was the best. Don't even know if Halver survives in the end. I'm going to guess not. Oh, I thought he did. Well, he talks about how like he could feel his insides like coming out. And I was like, you can survive that, actually. Um, you can walk that off, you're a legionnaire. Are you a legionnaire? Walk it off. Shake it off. Come Surely on. Surely you got an apothecary around there somewhere. Um, right. Uh, those are my two favorite characters. and um, But I did like how even they, like, they don't like Solomon. But they recognize that he's pretty. You know, he's, he's better pretty. than the metal phage. That guy just creepy. Yeah. All I could think of, though, when they reveal his trait, all I could think about was uh, Firefly. Curse your sudden but inevitable betrayal. <laughs> yeah. Like, you you messed up. You, you trusted, trusted us. Him. Yeah. He was not. Yeah. 
Like, gosh, like that whole thing in Ravener. The first Ravener book. Wait, these shady people betrayed us? Yeah. Like, okay. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Um, so let's transition to our loyalist side for a second here and talk about Heart and Carnus. Do I have to? Um, huh? Do I have to? Fine. All right. Were they good inquisitor? No. Good inquisitor or a bad inquisitor? Um, and did they add to the overall plot? No. I'm gonna actually have to agree with you on this one. I. That's there like were Indiana Jones. There. there was one scene in this book that I loved, and it was a very brief, and it was just because I did like that they acknowledged this right that um, when they're on the they're on board the ship and they're kind of arguing and then they both pull back right um despite the fact that they don't like each other they both are kind of like the kids cannot see mommy and daddy right and he talked about how he's like yeah we are like the most feared institution in the imperium we cannot be seen to be bickering amongst ourselves i that really hit me hard i was like oh oh damn that is a good point like Mm -hmm. and then i all of a sudden you start thinking about all the poor baseline humans who are in the room with these two people right where it's like oh jesus right what do you even say um i really liked that and i actually liked carnus because uh carnus called a spade a spade uh heart she was a hypocrite no better hypocrite she was such a hypocrite Oh my god, she was, but I do like when she's like, you're no better than Harkwin Kripman, and he's like, take that back. Yeah, well, okay, fine, she's gonna call us, I don't know who that is, but she's gonna call a spade a spade. You got a fucking pyrokine right there. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Uh, actually, actually, I loved when Tula was like, if she's sanctioned, I'm Acadian. Yeah. There's a I have a lot of questions about that one too. Um, no, you're totally right. Where she's like, well, I mean, ob- like obviously my bodyguard is allowed to be uh, really not only a powerful psyker, a pyrokine. Like, ooh, that's a yeah, that's a that's a bad one. Like, that's very volatile and unstable. Um, but and she knows it too. It's not like she's like, oh wait, what? Um. Especially because she's a psyker. Mm-hmm. Of pretty strong... But, again, I mean, much like Kripman, he... It, we always say this, right, about the the, the Inquis- Inquisition. They are the kings of the Pyrrhic victory. I did like how Hart... Like, but not like, obviously. Um, I liked how he kind of rationalized everything, right? Like, well, yes, I, I, I intentionally planted something a lure for the Alpha Legion and we're going to burn half the subsector and sacrifice it to the Alpha Legion, but we're going to destroy the Alpha Legion. And then later, we, we are going to deal a very heavy blow to the Alpha Legion. Well, you know what? I think we got this one really powerful warlord. Bruh. Bruh. Not like she had any better ideas. Like, she would have sacrificed the whole subsector the same way. She was just mad that he was using an artifact that she 
you know, her puritanical ways wouldn't let her use. Yeah. On that part, I I was like, okay, now you're just splitting hairs just to be a bitch. Pretty much. Like, but again, it's all part of that inquisition, right? Well, I mean, like, obviously my plans are good and I have the true path. Um, You're a heretic, but it's just because you haven't fallen in line with me. Um, Yeah. Again, that infighting, right, that we've always seen between these people. When you have true power unchecked, makes it real hard to work with others, doesn't it? But I got to be honest and say, other than to, to point out that, look, the Alpha Legion and the Inquisition, neither of them can get their shit together because they're both so sneaky and they tell a lot of lies. Um, other than that, like, I don't know that Karnas really adds much to the plot. Karnas added nothing. You could argue her. that um, blanked on his heart. That heart was needed just because of he was a plant. His life ward was another plant. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, maybe. But either way, you guys still like totally let a whole legion of um, or whole chapter, or maybe a squad or so of Primaris. Silver Templars die because you guys couldn't get a proper plan together. Yeah. Again, the the stakes are too high, much like the rent. Um, you cannot. You just, again, like just the amount of waste that these people go through, right? Like, I, I just I just talked about how awful I thought it was that Talava basically sacrifices all of those warriors so that she can bring out some blood letters. But on the other hand, that's like a drop in the bucket compared to what these two guys. And so going back to what, um, to what Solomon was saying in the very beginning of the book, like... You, you cannot out-treachery these people. You just can't. Like, this guy was willing to sacrifice, like, ha- at least half. But I think you're absolutely right. I think, like, this planet, right, that they end up on, and they convert the governor over, right, to becoming a traitor. Well, um, the governor's screwed either way. Do you just... think Arnus wouldn't exterminate us that planet just to make a point? Oh, my gosh, yeah. Just to send a message to It the didn't matter that he was tricked and and everything. They tried to prove it. Oh, nope. You know what? You could be tainted. So, yep. Sorry. Yeah. At least, at least the Alpha Legion was like, yeah, you guys are probably screwed when the Imperium, like, decides to, like, come and check this out. But in the meantime, you guys can all live. And as long as, like, you help us out, you look the other way with stuff, like, we're not going to mess with you guys, which is more what the Imperium can say, which, like, okay, that's true. And honestly, if you're going to make a deal with a traitor legion, the Alpha Legion's not a bad one to make it with because they're not going to, you know, rape, burn, and pillage and do human sacrifices and all that stuff. You know what? That is actually true. Like, if you had to have a traitor legion mm-hmm. show up on your home world, Alpha Legion's probably the best. Nobody's going to get bored and go, like, they're not going to skin all of your leadership alive just to send a message. Um, or for not going to rape and pillage or... <laughs> melt people down to make drugs they're not gonna make giant they're not gonna stop and you know until they have giant effigies of skulls right um 
And let's be real, nobody wants no, nobody wants the Death Guard showing up on their planet. Yuck. No, even then, like, when the Death Guard shows up, yeah, we just have to exterminatus, because the only way to stop them is to kill it with fire. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I'm just saying, like, for like for the for the people, like, if you have to have a Traitor Legion show up, yeah, this is probably the best one. Because mm-hmm. at least they're the willing to, they're willing to bargain. They're willing to bargain. They're willing to be merciful. All they want is just your stuff. That's all they want is your stuff. This is stuff you were going to give to the Imperium anyways. So six and one half dozen the other, right? Right. Um, were you surprised by yours reveal? How, how do you feel? How do you um, feel? Talk to I, me about your. Alas, poor York. I hardly knew ye. Um, I was surprised. I did not see that coming. Um, but when it happened, I'm like, okay. <laughs> you too. Well, yeah. I, I, I'm kind of there with you too because they had mentioned a few times that how much they missed him right and like he was god he was such a loss to them that was such a blow um, I, I loved the description where he talks about how one moment he's standing in front of a furious crimson console and the next moment it's an alpha legionnaire mm-hmm. who's just like oh hey Solomon um, I liked that I did feel feel like it was a little it was a little too convenient like when he reveals himself to be a plant I was like of course he is but of course well you know it's like when you find out that um, Hart was originally a plant and that's it's like okay so that's the source okay I'm all right make it makes Makes t- total total sense now. That makes even more sense why he wouldn't tell Carnus who, who the source was. Um, right. Well, and that they both think they're playing each other, but one of them is decidedly better at the game than the other person is. Right. But, you know, so you find find that out, and he's like, you know, aha! I have this life ward. Solomon's like, aha! He's actually a plant. It, I kind of remind me of that one South Park. It was... You know, it's like, aha, I was expecting you were going to do this, so therefore I did this. Aha, I expected that you expected I was going to do this, so I did this. It's like, ah, ah, dang it. Really, yeah. Trying to uh, um, out-aha one another. Basically, yes. It reminded me more of um, that scene in, um, that scene in Bill and Ted what if we knew that we were going to need this? So we went back in time and we recorded a message. What if we went back in time and we got the car keys? Like it reminded me more of like that of like, okay, well now I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this. And it did remind me a little bit of that scene in rites and passage. My favorite one when um, the inquisitors like, Oh, would I have planted somebody in your retinue just to keep an eye on you? Oh yeah. Yeah, I would have. Um, I do always like when a sneaky person figures out that somebody is much better at this game than they are. Mm-hmm. Um, it is one of my favorite reveals. So I did like that when he's basically like, yeah, this is, this is my boy. Um, but I guess I wasn't that surprised. Yeah. I, I was kind of like you. I was like, Oh, of course. I didn't really have any, like, I guess I would have expected to have like stronger emotions about it. And I, really didn't no i mean it was like i mean okay 
congratulations. You guys have now measured your penises and Solomon has won this this contest this time. Okay. Right. He still got away. All right. Let's talk about the MacGuffin. It's it is not the a MacGuffin. Hmm? I, I can't even call it a MacGuffin. Well, and the only reason I'm going to call it a MacGuffin is because what is one of my biggest complaints about magical MacGuffin plots? Oftentimes the item reveal the thing that everyone is going after. We all just kind of, you get to it and you go, oh. Like, one of the books in the 40k universe that actually did the MacGuffin very well was um, that Cal Jericho book by Josh Reynolds. When... What 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 on earth could somebody have that would be worth all of this? Oh, oh, that is very much worth all of this, right? The spear, the spear of Alpharius. Were we, were we missing this? Really? So, all right. So my, all right. I have to back up here because my biggest complaint, I think, about this entire book was that I felt like it was constant. Um, dropping of a story. Uh, like, All right, fair. Uh, just I, I, I'm with you there. I feel this entirely. Okay, so you're we're on the unseen, and the Crimson Consuls are about to ram the ship, and then we don't hear yeah. anything about it. And then the next thing we know is like, oh, hey, we're then the the Crimson Consuls were actually you know disguised as you know with statues and everything, and there was there was. That big reveal, the Crimson Consoles, the Silver Templars. So uh, there was it actually got paid off. Like the one where they were like, oh, there's borders on the ship. The next chapter is, oh, those borders were easy to deal with. Anyways. Yeah. Well, there was like several chapters. He paid off the statues. I was actually very excited about because as soon as he was like, wait a minute. I was like, oh, we're going to jump forward here. I agree with you on that, especially in parts one and two entirely. They would be like, oh. And this is happening. And then the next chapter would be like, no big deal. Well, it just. The, they were getting rammed. And then suddenly the Silver Templars are here. And it's like, oh, hey, did, did you have any problem with those borders? Nah, there's no big deal. It's like, what yeah. the. What? So we had. I mean, that's just one. One example. Because there were, you know, the other examples. Like, so he's. So he's got this. Um, he's got this spear he about just barely escaped uh from with his life from heart and then he's disguised as somebody else in this guy's retinue like no and the diabolicus secundus had time to make us like reconstruct the spear out of this like do yeah you guys have a replicator that i don't know about yeah it's just <sighs> no i felt that entirely and here's the problem okay i want to go back to that boarding thing because that thing really bothered me. It happened not once, but twice. Um, because, okay, I, I get it. Not every book has to be bolter porn. Totally get it. But Mike Brooks is very good at writing action. I tracked your attention to Brutal Cunning, if you mm -hmm. don't believe me. Um, and there were a few really good action sequences in this book. Again, it does not have to be bolter porn. But if you were going to tell me that we've been boarded... You got to deal with that. You, you don't just get to be like, oh, yeah, it's no big deal. Um, or if you were going to tell me that this giant battle is looming, do not then jump two days later. 
I have questions. I have questions. <laughs> like, can we, can we go back? Um, I actually kind of felt like either something got cut or left on the floor or yeah, like they just, but I think this also goes back to what we were talking about earlier, where it was like, we're going to tell them the truth. Um, you know what this, you oh know what it reminded me of? This just dawned on me. I'm going to go ahead and get it, get your drinks out, I'm about to bring out some, bring out something else. Bioshock Infinite. We're going to bring in these concepts and then drop it like a bad habit and not discuss it ever again. You're 100% correct. Um, and that, yeah, no, that's, that's actually a really apt comparison because similarly, right, there, there were all these like little, I feel as though we were going through a hallway and there were all these like doors that were just kind of open ajar. And you walk by and you have just enough time to be like, oh, that looks it. Oh, no, okay, we're not going in there. That, that looked really interesting, though. But it's because we're going somewhere else. Like, just close all the doors. I just, like, that seemed interesting. I want to see what the borders look like. I, I really do. And, like, and I will say, I know that this is probably setting this up for future reference. However, the whole sequence where they bring it to Mechanicus Bile, the Primaris, and he's cutting open the Primaris, and then that just gets dropped like a bad habit, oh, too. Oh, right. Yeah, we have no idea what happened with that. I mean, I'm, I'm guessing that they're just saying that, like, look, I, I'm guessing that Mike Brooks is, he planted the seed for, um, because if anybody is going to try to copy the Primaris, it's going to be the Alpha Legion, let's be real. Um, I feel like they planted that seed, but that had already been planted in the third Fabulous Bill book, when Abaddon, remember Abaddon comes to Bill and is like, oh, <laughs> they got something new. So now we have Mechanicus Bill and Fabulous Bill working on it. I don't, I don't know. Like that whole section, I was like, oh, okay. And um, his dishonor guard thing got a pretty big eye roll for me. Yeah. We've seen this before with Igori and it was... It was kind of weird there, too. Not going to lie. Um, but that whole thing gets lost. So you have the primary. I actually out, forgot about the Diabolicus Secundus. Until like, then but then they managed to rebuild the spear. Yeah, until he brings him up in the end. It's like, you have it ready? Like, yes, sir. I'm like, where'd y'all come from? I thought you guys were on the unseen. Okay, okay, okay sure. Fine. Sure. You know, I have exactly. no idea how Solomon got from where he was um, on that Back to the unseen and then back down to the Well, planet. no, when he was there with, uh, what's his face, Hart, and now he's in disguise in Zetus's retinue. So, all right, sure. Like, Not no, I don't need you to, like, you know, walk, you know, hold my hand and walk me through step by step how we got there. But I would like a sensical sequence of events at the same time. I'm with you entirely. Like, I was totally fine with him. Like, the big reveal of him being in Zetus's retinue. But I was like... But how did he get... Like, it doesn't yeah, make like, any I, sense I, how I you got under, there. Or I need to have a better understanding of how much time has passed. Because it's That too. Or that. That's... that's yeah. seemed like on a Saturday he was with Hart. And then on Sunday he was with... He was in Zetus's retinue. No, it seemed to me like it was like Saturday morning he's with Hart. Saturday evening he's suddenly in disguise. 
It was like yeah, that yeah. Fast. And the Diabolicus Secundus managed to take the broken pieces of a blade and reforge it, which I guess means he had to get back to the unseen, right? Yeah, he would have had to have. And here's the thing: well, again, then Vakai would know that he was alive, and he would have been like, "Sir, you're alive." So, all right, we we got we got exactly. plot hole. Exactly. I, I have questions. Um, but but going back to this friggin' spear. When it gets revealed that he has the pale spear, like, don't get me wrong, it's a pretty important weapon. And when he's describing, like, the black oily smoke coming out instead of blood, uh, which then also kind of made it a little disingenuous. And when he's like, well, who knows if it's real or not? Does it really matter if it's real or not? I'm going to go ahead and guess it's real because it's when you cut somebody, black oily smoke came out of them. Like, that that implies that it is, in fact, the pale spear. But was this something they were looking for like um we had no clue this... so like Hart mentioned he's like i have an artifact that they want well when they say well we got to go to this sector and i was like well why do you guys have to go there i don't understand it wasn't until like they were looking for the artifact that they said they were looking for something in the first place i'm like i am so confused how we got to this point right now Okay, so that is one of those things. I will agree with you on that because it would have been one thing. And again, this is it's part of the MacGuffin. Had he been from the beginning, we got to go get the MacGuffin. It only gets revealed like at the very end. He's like, oh, I mean, obviously this whole thing was about getting the MacGuffin. Was it? Because I thought it was just about getting resupplied and working yep. up some more stuff for Bob like that right I, and you know preparing to reveal whatever important to you whatever truth that you were going to reveal like you know and when the inquisitors kept saying oh they're definitely coming after this artifact I'm like well why why well and that's that's it like again if this had been Vulcan oh we have this item of Vulcans okay makes sense they're gonna go and get that had it been um, this, had it been the spear? crown? Had it been Conrad's crown? Okay, all right, I'm on board with you guys. Hmm. Um, How about Ferris Manus's eyes? If it was Ferris's eyes, if it was, I mean, it, there's like six. If it was Gore Child, like there's all these right. things that I would be like established. And I, actually, I guess Gore Child would have probably been on the same wavelength as the Pale Spear, because like yes, the Pale Spear was a thing, but. I was unaware that this was something that they were hunting for with such vehemence that he's like, oh, yeah, we got to have that. Or it wasn't even that. They just like, that they were, make it seem like a, oh. That they were looking for an artifact at all. Like Hart kept saying that they were, look, that they were, that they were going to come and get this. But they never said they were on a hunt for a certain thing. They never, it, it really hasn't been, and maybe there is, somebody please, if this is in a codex or in a short story or something, please definitely point me in the direction, I will happily go read that. But like, I was not aware that searching for the Spear of Longaius, sorry, the Pale Spear, um, was a thing for the Alpha Legion. Like, and now that he has it. I've read, huh? I've, I've read every recent Alpha Legion short story. And I've read most of the Alpha Legion novels, at least the ones that I know about. That's never been a thing. So unless it's like a new thing from one of the updated codices, because I know they did just do an updated with, with the traitor or something like that. But even if that's if that's the case, then I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm going to throw the bullshit flag on this because I, I can't stand that. 
Um, that's just my think, that's my personal thing when they have something that's supposed to be known in the codex. I I totally agree on that. Like it, the, we needed to have a little bit of color here. Um, the other thing is that like okay, so I think about the end of Lords of Silence, which I feel like at this point you should probably just take a drink because I reference that book often. Um, I already referenced it too. too so excellent, take a drink. Um, another. Um, the shot count is up to four. <laughs> um, they, uh, at the end of that book, I understood why all of a sudden everybody rallies behind Vorks, right? Because everybody thought that he was kind of slow and that he wasn't really paying attention. And he had lost his edge. And then in the end, he's like, oh, I, by the way, I've totally, totally still am very, very dangerous. And it made sense that everyone was like, okay, all right this guy outplays another petty warlord and he has the spear and so I couldn't tell if everybody ra if he gets to declare himself king of shit fuck mountain because he is a really great leader and he has the conch that, or if it's because he has the pale spear what is it like I could not tell what got what was the thing that pushed him over was it because even kind of and again the whole like whoop it's real maybe it's not real i mean i have a lot of questions it does interesting open an interesting question of how did the ordo malleus come into possession of the pale spear that's a that's a valid question um and that could be a very interesting thing to discover but let me ask you this what comes next and are you invested in it i don't know and i don't care I'm kind of there with you. Like when Evelyn Dark, which by the way, all I could think about was Damien Dark from the Arrow TV series and Damien Dark. So of course when she, Evelyn Dark, I had to say it in a Bostonian accent the whole time. I was like, oh, it's Evelyn Dark. Uh, from Vorlees, I was like, oh, huh. Interesting. And then pretty much put it aside. I think I was supposed to feel something there a little bit stronger. And again, maybe she's because the last book that we read about Vorlees would have been, um, was it the first or the second Watchers of the Throne book? I think it's the first. Um, but that was the last time that we read about Vorlees. And I'm like, oh, shoot, was she a minor character in there that I missed and I forgot about? Mayhaps. Let me know in the comments below. Um, but yeah, I was with you. I was kind of like, interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't yeah. care what next wacky plan that Hart and Dark come up with to try to take down the Alpha Legion. Um, I don't care what Solomon is going to do. And that pains me because I really I like the Alpha Legion. But, you know, I think this is one of those cases where it's like, yes, I... I think I like sections of the Alpha Legion. Like, again, the book uh, Shadow Night was very, very good. Um, mm -hmm. The Unsung were a fun little group. Um, I like the Alpha Legion during the Heresy, but yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm not particularly invested in this one, and I feel as though this is one of those books that if you like the Alpha Legion in 40k you probably really enjoyed this book and it makes you like the Alpha Legion even more if you don't like the Alpha Legion which I don't I feel as though this book will pretty much make you not 
continue to not like the Alpha Legion. But unlike Luther, which the argument I made about Luther is that if you love the Dark Angels, you will get to the end of this book and you will love the Dark Angels. If you don't like the Dark Angels, you will get to this book and not like the Dark Angels. But you'll have fun either way. I don't I did not feel that way about this book. And it really kills me because we know people who really enjoyed this mm-hmm. book. Um, sorry, Panty Mouser. Um, and Goodreads, people are really enjoying it. This one just missed the mark with me entirely. Yeah. You know, and from some of the like little reviews that I read, um, they were saying that it was a, such a good um, lore book regarding the Alpha Legion, and maybe that's what some maybe that's what everyone really really liked. To me, it wasn't. There were some interesting insights, um, but it didn't tell me anything I didn't already know. So, except, you know, the only, only lore insight, I guess, for the modern day Alpha Legion that grabbed me was what I had said earlier in the podcast that where they basically said that, you know, everything is based on rumors and they don't know and they're just kind of adrift they don't know this they don't know that they don't know what's real they don't know what's not real and this is just who they are I'm like okay that's fine I understand how you how you guys got there but that just means I kind of don't like this legion and where where it is so um I'm not I guess I'm not a fan of the rudderless I liked it better that, you know, that they were full of subterfuge and had plans, that they were still, you know, doing things for the Emperor, or even when they were doing Ooh. things against the Imperium, at least they had a plan. This, right. The whole idea that they're like, oh, they've been rudderless this whole time and everything's, you know, have they had a plan? No, they haven't had a plan. It's all a lie. Well, that's, that kills it for me. That actually kills my enjoyment of the Alpha Legion. So... I, you know, see, for me, it actually made me hate them a little bit. Or just, I shouldn't say hate. I don't hate any allegiance. Um, maybe not true. Um, <laughs> I don't like the Alpha Legion. And I did kind of like that it's like, yeah, no, it would be impossible to continue to have a plan. Especially when you are leaderless. Like, you are absolutely leaderless. So that part I actually kind of liked. And that one didn't bother me. But I could totally understand why that would rub, if you're an Alpha Legion fan, like, that would rub you the wrong way. Um, totally understand that. I, yeah, I just like, I felt like the first part of it really tackled some of the, some of the bullshit head on. Let's mm-hmm. be real. Um, and then the second and third parts of the book leaned into the bullshit. Yeah. It was a hard one for me. Well, it really was. And like, um, we I'm glad we read it this like, year. Like the second and third part just like. Everything we kind of talked about in the first part, we're just dropping. And I don't even know why. Yeah, basically. It didn't even follow what the back of the book said. No. Ba- basic things. So. I I agree. And I don't know why. Like, I don't know how that happened. Did this book go through revisions? Did it go through editing hell? Um, did it... Did the guy who wrote the the quote on the back of the book just read those first two chapters um they just read part one they were just give it a summary part one i guess so um i feel like there's a story with this book it, it got edited it got there may revised. be the plan changed from the pitch 
they you know, only read the first part. There, there may be, but um, in the end, it doesn't matter because True. this is what we have. It's like, you know, we heard True. so many times, you know, with the third Fabulous Bill book, oh, that book went through editing hell. Well, you know what? I don't care because, the, sure. because we're reading and we're reviewing the finished product. You know, one thing that one of my grad school professors said, and I've always taken it to heart, and it's the author is dead to you, meaning what the author intended doesn't matter to how your interpretation is. Think for yourself. Well, okay, maybe the author, maybe, you know, Josh Reynolds didn't intend for the fabulous Bill book to be the way it was, but it doesn't matter because this is what we have and we have to interpret what we have. Same with this. Oh, went well, through editing hell. Yeah. Things got cut. He didn't have the final say. I don't care. This is what we got, and it's not good. I, you know, I, I, so Stephen King says that from the other, right, on writing. He talks about how he's like, look, once you publish a book, it's out there. You don't get to go and argue with every fan. You don't get to go and tell every fan, no, 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 no. See, this is what happened here. Or no, 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 no. You see, this got edited out. Um, and I think a lot of, like, I think a lot of, this is one of those books. I think you go into this book with whatever you keep in your backpack vis-a-vis -vis the Alpha Legion. That's, that's I think way. some people, again, I and there's plenty of books like that. I fall into a lot of those books too, right? I 100% will admit that. Um, if you go into a book just really liking a certain Legion and really wanting it to work, you're going to make it work, right? Um, I could point to at least five books off the top of my head where I've done that, right? Um, I, I I went in with nothing for this book. So it, I mean, I was, I was cautiously optimistic because we really like Mike Brooks and that's what's really killing me right now is that I really like I Mike came Brooks in with, as an author. I came in with very high expectations because I like him as an author and I really liked the Alfarious uh, Pr Primark book and I'm disappointed. Sorry. As an Alpha Legia fan, I guess, like, I don't fall in, like, what you were saying. Is you're like, oh, if you like the Alpha Legion, you're going to love the Alpha Legion, the book, and blah, blah, blah. And, like, and I'm kind of, like, throwing a wrench in that. Because I came, right. I really, really was enthusiastic. I really wanted to like this. And I, yeah, I couldn't. By part two, like, part one, if, if part one had stayed the course, like, I probably would have had a lot more favorable things to say. But... About halfway through part two, I was like, I don't even care what happens the rest of this book now. I feel that. I, I really do feel that. Um, this book, you and I were talking about it before, not to belabor the point, but you and I were talking about this a few days ago and you were like, well, at least it's a fast read. And I was like, oh my God, it is not a fast read for me. Because I would read like three chapters and that's enough of that. Now, see, I see. Yeah, and I, I thought it was a very fast read. It was it was a long one for me. Um, I'm glad we read it this year. I know that we're trying to squeeze one more book in. That's because uh, it's a little book. It's because it's a little bitty book. And it's Christmassy. We have to get it in before Christmas. We have to get the Christmas book in. Yeah. Dagabo's demise. I legit hope that this continues to be a uh, what sort of looking for a tradition. Mm -hmm. um, I words, sentences. They ain't working today. Um, very excited for a Christmas tradition yep. with these guys. One more book. One oh yeah, more. it's it's a hundred twenty-two, y'all. It's one hundred and twenty-three pages. I mean, come on. 
think I can, even I can do that. Right. Um, very excited to read it. Um, I think it should be a fun way to end the year. And then we have our book club awards for the year. Yeah. So we're going to be having stuff like every week in December. It's kind of crazy. To end your year. That's right. I'm excited. Do you want to take us out, Carrie? Yes, I think I think I will. Thank you. <laughs> All right, so you have listened to the Warhammer 40K book club episode regarding Harrow Master by Mike Brooks. Be sure to join us next time for Dagabo's Demise by Denny Flowers. Second book by Denny Flowers we're reading this year. New author. It's kind of fun. We are an unofficial book club and not affiliated with the Black Library or any of its affiliates. You can find both the vidcast and podcast on our website, wh40kbookclub.com. If you like this episode, please like, subscribe, give a review, and all those things to the vidcast on YouTube or the podcast on anywhere you get podcasts. Our site also has articles about our adventures and reading other Warhammer 40k books and short stories out of, outside of the book club books. So please stay a while and read, read from a crag. And uh, yeah, I, I am, despite my disappointment with this more band, I'm still a Farious and I'm, they're drinking like my even Alpha Legion colored tea. have never been alfarious and um i will continue to never be alfarious well you might have to shave your head bald and oh god no right too vain too vain warhammer 40k has taught me how vain i really am i mean you won't do slanesh you won't do nurgle god no you don't want to be made of mouths so zinch is no, out of the I question draw the line at tentacles and too many mouths and too many teeth yeah glad to know that corn's always an option for you though yeah but only if i don't have to shave my head <laughs> i have done it once never again all right good night everybody <laughs>